in learning you will teach, and in teaching you will learn. Phil Collins. Bending Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 7, Original Airbenders. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I am Sunshine. And I am Ben. And we are here with another episode of Bending Not Breaking, talking about season three, book three, episode seven. Of the Legend of Korra. Of the Legend of Korra. And we love the Legend of Korra. It's so good. It's so good. It is. And we love this episode. We do. And we are looking at this episode through a, a special lens. What lens is that? It's the lens of teaching. Oh! So off the bat, this is not going to be a critique or indictment of teachers and in, in their philosophies and skills. Eh. It's going to be about <laughs> teaching in this episode. Ben and I are not teachers, uh, though we teach. I, I technically am a teacher. You have you have been one in the past, I guess. Yes, that's piano, true. Piano students, voice students. Yeah, I've been a public school teacher. I would say I'm a teacher. Substitute teacher. I would say I'm a teacher. Sure. Could you go into a classroom right now and teach? Yes. You have the credentials to do that. You know, all they require right now in Florida is for you to to go sit in on a class. For guess how long? 12 hours. And then you can start teaching. That seems not right. Huh. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Florida. I, I don't blame I the teachers for that. No. <laughs> I blame the systems. I agree. All right. But, well, yeah, we're not there. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the legend of Korra. Yeah. I. What is teaching? <laughs> That's my question. Let's start there. I think the predominant part of what I do is teach. Like a lot of like the the classes and things that I teach are it's teaching. Yeah, I do a lot of that stuff. You do. You you can also claim the title and you yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why you're why 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 wouldn't you claim the title of teacher? I think that is a a thing that I do in the scope of my work, but I I think when you classify like I am a teacher um I I teach things, but I am not like a teacher as by profession or by trade which i think is very different when you are engulfed in that work sure okay on a daily basis the reason i left teaching is because i didn't get to teach as much as i would have wanted right <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah i got to teach more in my nonprofit work than, than i did in the classroom <laughs> strange strange again an indictment on systems Indeed, um, it is. But when we talk about, like, I don't get poured into also in my profession of, by people of, like, how to teach. Right. Fair. Um, yeah. Where teachers hopefully get that training uh, and get moments of that in their career more than I do. We, we can hope for that. We can hope. We hope. So what is teaching, Ben? We should have brought one of our teachers as a guest. We, we know several. Why didn't well, we? Quite a few. <laughs> It was very silly of us. This was silly. Well, you know. But we're here now. We're so. learning. <laughs> we're oh, learning. We're teaching each other. Yeah, we're learning. Look, this process is a teacher. We are learning from this process. Right? 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 So teaching. To give information about or instruction in a subject or skill. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Give such instruction professionally. Encourage someone to accept something as a factor principle. Mm. Encourage someone. I just read that. Yeah, encourage is an interesting word. Cause to learn. Cause someone to learn or understand. That's more interesting. Something by example or experience. Yeah. Interesting that encourage is a part of the definition. Huh. We see a certain type of encouragement in this episode. It's not great. We also see other types. Tindon can be a really good teacher. He also cannot. 
there are moments <laughs> in this that were not great. Intended to not do well. There, there were several. And so for us to, to talk about that, we need to recap this episode. Ben, you've got 30 seconds on the clock. And away we go. So Tenzin reads a story, and then Boomy tokes fun at him, and then Tenzin shows off and teases Bison fun, and then there's new airbenders, and then Kaio and Pema are there, and Korra and Bolin call Tenzin, they chat, and she gives Tenzin some advice, and then Kainora fly to play with cute baby Bison. Halfway there. Why isn't Janora a master? And then Tenzin takes Boomy advice and tries to break the airbenders down with a rigorous day, and Boomy's like, oh my god, I broke! And then Kainora gets captured, and then Pema talks Five, sense, and then Boomy talks four, sense to Boomy, and then full-on air assault to save the babies, two, and then Bison and airbenders live happily ever after. Yeah. Do do they live happily ever after? Do we know that? They do in this episode. They <laughs> This is an episode recap. So they <laughs> happen in ever to the end of the episode. Ever after to the end of the episode. <laughs> to the end of the episode. Yeah. My favorite moment in this episode. The end? My favorite moment is like not actually it's in the middle of a pretty like wonky part. It will be my what pulls me in on this episode is, is my favorite moment, so I'll save it for that. It okay. is so dumb, but also brings so much joy. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good recap. Well done. High five. Thanks. And since I did That's the recap, what we call encouragement. It Tenzin. is. Uh, you seem to have something you want to talk about. What what part of teaching would you like to focus on in this episode? Let's. Uh, so positive reinforcement. Let's start there. Where? I didn't, I didn't see any... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the lack of positive. There, it happens I, at the end. I am coming across there are moments. pretty judgmental. Yes, I, check I, yourself. I will do better. <laughs> be better. Everyone's out here doing their best. Tenzin's yeah. doing his best. Turns out and you his, can be your own teacher and if, you're, best was, if you're aware of what's coming out of your so, mouth. So we see a lot of so Tenzin. We see a lot of Tenzin's growth as a teacher and mentor happen in the first season. And happen really over in the second season. Yeah, throughout the, every to now. So where did that go? <laughs> In this episode. Yeah, part of me wonders if the immensity, the enormity of the task on his shoulders is finally at the forefront, right? I, I think it, it, it was the beginning his responsibility was just being Korra's teacher. Or rather, it was, you know, no, I have to be the counsel for the, for the you know... Republic City, and then now I have to be Korra's teacher, and that's my full responsibility during season two and book two. And then now it's like, oh, wait, now I have the entire air nomad culture to be responsible and for. So, and so let's talk more about that, because I think that that might be one of the things that is the difference in ideology for Tenzin here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is the, <laughs> the maintaining of culture, regardless of what these new airbenders are looking for to be a part of right um so here's one person trying to dictate the culture of this new airbender ness that is happening um and so i think that's what ends up happening is this this shift in ideology of what he's trying to accomplish at the at the base i saw this really interesting as i was kind of researching teacher methods and things to to help me grow and learn in this topic um one of the best metaphors i saw was the ideology is the roots of a tree and then the, the trunk and the branches are the systems that are used to impact the growth of the leaves, right? So and like the fruit. And the fruit that might exist. And so the roots being the ideology of like what is the basis for all this growth. Um, and so there are harmful ideologies out there that very much exist that, that we can no. push forward. What do you mean? Um so there's uh, the, the myth of uh, meritocracy, so the basing your ideology off of meritocracy that looks a little bit like... What you, is that? You can succeed as long as you work hard enough, right? Like, yeah. Which is not... Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Correct. That's not really... It's the thing. American dream right there. And one that we might be seeing a little bit more of is this, this assimilation ideology, right? So this idea that, that people are going to conform to the dominant culture in this space, right? And so Tenzin is very much trying to force this this culture you need to learn about these things you need to do these things you need to act in this way you need to be this way rather than letting it be a collaborative effort of what the group is trying to do and accomplish together um which let's not conflate that with like there is importance in learning your past and learning culture and celebrating the things about culture that are able to be celebrated it's another thing to, to try to dictate for one person to try to dictate 
exactly how an entire group of people is going to behave without the the buy-in of others yeah the i really struggle because i'm i really feel tenzin's pain here i like this is a huge task he's fine like he never thought this was going to be possible he never thought he was going to see the day where he'd be able to train airbenders that weren't his children right and he is in this position where uh, I can imagine the pressure of all of this being so new that it kind of threw everything he did learn out the window. Um, I can see that happening. It makes it makes sense to me that that can happen. And with that in mind, I, I think he's become even more attached to maintaining and holding on to the past because that's what was taught to him. But it's very different when you're teaching your son, Aang teaching your son, and then Tenzin teaching his family versus teaching people that aren't blood, teaching people that are have this ability that aren't a part of the culture, right? And so there's this complete difference where all of a sudden Tenzin's put into this perspective where he's treating them the, w- the way he treated his children. Yeah. And when then add the barrier to that, they're not children. Exactly. They're, they're adults adult learners. Who are, yeah. So that is a very, that is also a different landscape to try to navigate. Yes. Yes. Which, so one, we could easily spend the whole time just talking about teaching adults, much less all the other aspects of the episode. But I, I, I think that, I, I think the way I excuse and not ex- maybe excuse is the wrong word. The way I understand and empathize with Tenzin's approach here, not an excuse, but the way I empathize with it is by recognizing that amount of that pressure that's on him. Absolutely. Right? Um, and then, you know, t- Pema is a joy, a, like just the, the best. best. <laughs> um, yeah, I just comes in and just drops some wisdom on Tenzin, and then Tenzin has like the gall, the audacity to be like, "Oh, you sound like I do when I'm with Cora." I'm like, "Bruh, <laughs> she is bold assumption to assume that you are that wise, <laughs> yeah, Tenzin." Yeah, come on. So, Which like he is. He's got so many wonderful moments, and he does. Um, and, a lot of his moments are come from growth of him doing it wrong and then fixing it. Yeah. Right, like that's a lot of the moments we love of Tenzin are. I responded to Cora in this way poorly, and then I changed it and did it better the next time. Yeah. Well, so mistakes are good teachers. Yeah. Right? If we allow them to be that. And we don't see a lot of allowing of mistakes. Like, they happen, but we see them. There's not really a lot of coaching that happens during those things. It's more of a condemnation for letting them happen in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I guess I guess the awareness and the reflection afterwards, like action, mistake reflection reflect on that mistake new action if you proceed differently than you did before you've learned something that is that is a a educative educative an educational moment yes (laughs) an educative Um, moment indeed yes (laughs) yeah so I, i yes this is tough i think what makes it tougher is we've seen him do it so right so many times he has and yeah. so to watch him revert to this, which is exactly what we do when we like when things get tough, right? When we were working on new skills and we and we focus on them and we work, and we're like, oh, we're doing it right. Well, we're doing it right, and then it starts to get harder, and we go immediately back to yep the comfort stage of until where it we, becomes habit until it becomes habit yeah. until that becomes the norm. Yeah, um, I think it's funny. I, I go rock climbing a good bit, um, and it's when you're climbing a five five which is one of the easier routes it's very easy to kind of sit there because you've got it's you know you can get to the top so it's very much like all right i'm gonna put my foot here and i'm gonna move my hip here and when my foot and my hip are here my other foot's here that makes it easier for me to grab great yep and now everything's clicking and we're doing the right technique and we go and then you progress three or four difficulties and you're immediately back to like jump slap wall try try to hold on like try to pull do my pull, arms pull up thing and not put feet where they're supposed to be and um but it's funny how how frequently you'll see climbers do exactly that is like oh your technique is perfect on that five six and then you go to a five ten and you've forgotten all of the technique that like yep will help you achieve that thing yeah um, I think it's similar in piano playing, right? You'll see people who have the perfect form in the fingers the way they're supposed to on the on the easy things and then immediately try to go back to thumb go here, wow, wow. <laughs> hand here. <laughs> if it's the moment tempo gets a little bit faster. And, um, and so I think we're seeing an example of this with Tenzin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think about 
what what works and what doesn't because Tenzin is talking about his struggles and I I love Tenzin's humility in the beginning where he's like hey Cora like here I yeah I'm struggling there's things going wrong and Cora's like hey this is what works for me I've tried this and and he's like oh, that's a great idea we can talk about the actual content of the idea in a minute but like I think the humility and willingness to ask for help is a great way to to actually be an effective teacher. Mm -hmm. The problem is <laughs> if we don't uh, listen with discernment, yes, with judgment, yes, all of a sudden we do things a little bit uh, over. We over overdo. Yeah. <laughs> so Cora's advice is, you know, what we got to do with the the students who aren't like really into it is you got to make it like their idea you mm -hmm. have to talk to them you have to ask them what they would do and then make it think that it's th their idea which is a really effective tactic especially with children i love giving options all the time hey here are the five options you have which one do you think would be best this one. Oh, oh i do too yeah let's do that what a good idea for you i i think though it's with children it's a little bit easier to get away with it the difference is when you're working with adult learners, if you're not actually genuinely curious about mm. what they say and you are, aren't are actually listening and really compelled and, again, genuinely curious, what's going to happen is you're going to ask and then you're going to be waiting for the response that you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be effective. Yeah. Right? But or And let's get to the content. So Boomy says, rule with an iron fist. Oops. Right. He says, you, you, they need to be, this needs to be militarized. When I hear that, I go, Boomy's looking for structure. What I'm hearing you say is that more structure in this might be possible. It's a generous assumption. Right? So let's, oh, if I'm also listening with discernment, right? Yeah. Because I know I'm not going to go in there and like. Rule with an iron fist. Rule with an iron fist. But <laughs> there's probably valid feedback in saying a little bit different structure, a little bit more structure is worthy. Yeah. And so how do you take those things and say, hey, here's what I'm going to do to do it. But you also said that you can't just go the, you can't overcorrect, right? The pendulum can't swing too far the other way. Yeah. And so, and I wouldn't say that they don't have structure. They're just not very engaged is probably the feedback I would give in those moments. I mean, going through uh, the guy who doesn't eat for a long, long time, going, Tenzin was going day by day over like a hundred day period or however long it was. Right. And, and that was, was day 98. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and so like our get to the moral of the story. Yeah, what is the point? Is the point that we just need to know this story because Aang told it to you or is it because it's actually important and it's carrying a lesson? Like what, what is the purpose behind and the story? I, which goes back to the ideology that initially starts with Tenzin, right? Like what is the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish by having people here? Yeah, and I, I think it's communicating that as well to any student you might be working with is figuring out what are their goals, what are my goals, how are we going to have mutual goals, yeah, and how can we like align those mutual goals? Saying if it like if a piano student comes in and says, "Hey, I want to learn how to play Beethoven," I'm like, "Okay, we're not there yet. I want to get you to that point." Yeah. What do you want to learn? What are the things that you really enjoy that are probably a little bit more accessible that will help us get to that point? Mm -hmm. And if there isn't a way to... Because like, I want to teach you good foundations and yeah, these things, right? A lot like, of students will realize, especially adult students, you know, again, children a little bit more malleable and willing to, you know, go with the flow. But a lot of adult students quit because they realize they can't play for Elise within two weeks. <laughs> of starting to play the piano or they can't play whatever song they want they heard on the radio or the classical piece they grew up listening to rhapsody in blue you know claire de lune no. whatever it is moral of the story is love claire we gotta we have to have this mutual understanding and mutual goals that we can use to align right yeah and that's not what we really see mm -hmm. right there isn't really there really aren't mutual goals between the air benders I was. I don't. What do we call? They're not air acolytes right now, are they? Like air nomads. The, the air. The but they're not air nomads. They're right not now, right? They're they're. I think the they're, air the, they're, they're the airbenders in training. Yeah, I think that's what like. Um, yeah. So between Tenzin and the airbenders in training. Yeah. That is the end of my thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Teaching requires humility. It does. Is that the takeaway? Well, there are other spots too, but I, again, it started with Tenzin asking for Korra, Korra's help. Then he asked for Bumi's help. I think that's a beautiful teaching method when yeah. you're actually genuinely curious. I think a time when he failed at that was with Jinora. Yeah. Jinora is like, hey, I wonder if you're doing the, going a bit too far. No, I, I have this. this under control. And then right. he does that two or three times. And then he finally gives up when he gets sassy. Well, and, and how often do we do that? Because we don't internally respect the opinion of whoever's offering it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're whether, just a little whether, girl. Whether or not that's true, but that unconscious bias might very much sneak into those moments. Yeah. We know watching that Jinora's a master in pretty much every sense of the word by this point. Uh, she's definitely the best airbender short of Tenzin, if not, if not, <laughs> yeah, the only reason Tenzin might be higher is just time, time spent, experience. Right. right? Um, but yeah, I, I think technique wise, I think all of the lessons and modules and the culture, she's literally got it all. Um, and so I, I think that we often underestimate people that we teach because we're like i'm i'm the teacher i'm the one in control and we aren't willing to learn from our students and if we don't let our (laughs) our students be teachers in their own right then it's going to be a pretty oppressive environment and that also is a very uh cyclical thing that will happen right so like i'm the teacher you're the student you learn from me and then when they become that way that is the way that they typically teach right um there's a, this defensiveness that comes with me being a teacher and a student telling me how I need to do my job better. The reality is, if a student tells me how I can do my job better, I might be able to do my job better. I should probably listen. Like, <laughs> um, But in the term, we also then keep people from learning how to give feedback to people who and creating that culture of giving feedback up. Right through a power dynamic shift that exists that way, and I think even if the feedback that is given is not given in a great way, I think you the, should be the, the teacher should be mature enough to I, exactly to find the nuggets that are in that, and also, hey, what I'm hearing you say is this, right? Well, even it, like one set aside the fact that they that insulted you in that feedback, set that aside because that probably happened. Kids do it all the time, all like, the time. I, I, Adults do it all the time when they give feedback. And so if if we have the wherewithal, the capacity to put that aside and listen, okay, what is the root of what they're telling me? Right. I may disagree with the way they said it. I may disagree with what they're saying, but they're telling me for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so if I can get behind that, we might be able to have, again, this mutual benefit if I'm willing to listen and, and actually hear what they're saying. But that takes a lot. It takes a lot of when there are times you can't brush that off. And there's because there are times where it's like that hurt. And so I'm going to step away from the situation. We're going to reconvene. And that's okay as well. But yeah, if you are the more mature one in that group, not saying that that's something you get to choose. Be the bigger person. But like I if a student says something to me that I coach, I've definitely heard things around like, well, you're dumb or you're fat. And you're like, okay, cool. That wasn't kind. Yeah. But let's continue talking about what we were talking about, right? Like, because I I get to not let that bother me. And um, and so that um, those are moments that have certainly happened. And so I think for us to be able, as teachers, uh, as people who are coaching, understanding that sometimes that is just a defense mechanism of shame or anything else that might be happening, and we get to a chance to build trust there yeah. when we have the capacity to do so. Uh, is important yeah yeah i there's a lot because janora says i'm a better spiritual bender than you like yeah she says it like i'm better spiritually than you are and <laughs> can't believe you talked to me about tattoos well kai said oh you're gonna you're gonna listen to kai and you're like <laughs> dude tenzin calm down bud well i mean he's also clearly in his feelings at that moment correct so like, yeah it's probably not the best moment to bring that up I, regardless well and i also <laughs> i love that that is such a, a parental argument that happens outside of this show uh-huh. is one about tattoos right like i feel like that's such a Can't believe she wants tattoos. A tattoo, a tattoo, a tattoo, my child and tattoos oh, gosh. um 
And I, that is a very real parental moment that I've experienced with my parents being on the Janora side. Yeah, and I don't know if y'all um, are aware, but we're both heavily tatted. Yeah, <laughs> we have several, quite a few. I'm um, at the point where I uh, talk about percentage of body coverage. And I I no longer count how many <laughs> I have. Yeah, well, the number isn't necessarily indicative of the size. Correct. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> um. Okay, very real conversations. Why would you want to do that to your body? Your body's a temple. Stained glass windows, Mom. Stained glass windows. And on that note, what's a moment in this episode where you found was like, wow, that's a really good teaching moment? A really good, as in like one that Tenzin could have taught better or one that you were just like, oh, that was really Just anyone in the episode. I love the moment when the concept of a shaved head clicks for our airbender friend when he gets the net (laughs) shot at him. After being forcibly shaved. (laughs) Yeah, if you don't want to shave your head, you don't have to. What? (laughs) (laughs) But when he clicks as to why and he was like, oh, this is super helpful and then starts to share that with the other airbenders, I think that's a cool moment. It's always cool when the learning lesson clicks for the first time. Um, and it's cooler when the teacher gets to see that happen. Fair. But, but at the same time, like, that's not the point, right? The point is not to, for you to be able to pat yourself be- on the back as a teacher. Sometimes it's to, to help them better progress you know, out I, elsewhere, right? We, I think we both read Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. And it's it's fine. But, the, yeah. like, the... I will say, like, it could have probably been written in, like, two chapters instead of a full book. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, the content is good. Um, like, the message is good. Yes. Um, and, and I think this is one of the things that I think is missing between, again, Tenzin and air learners, airbending learners. <laughs> so le- the learners of the airbendingness. Yeah. That is uh, happening. There, there is the why, and this goes back to your kind of message around like ideology. But the the why, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Is different. It is very different when you're able to tell. Hey, I'm going to tell you the story. It's going to feel long, but this is why we're talking about it. Is very different than. Boy, hey, you need to know this. Why? It's part of the culture. Yeah. Well, and again, I I, I think that. I wonder if he had approached the, here's why we shave our heads. You'll notice that you're going to be way more sensitive to the air. And when you shave your head, you will notice that that sensitivity gives you a greater advantage, advantage, especially in moments of crisis. (laughs) And I I think that it's kind of difficult to think about saying that to a group that aren't going to go into, um, you know, physical altercation who are going to go into some sort of like battle esque environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if any of them had ever experienced that before. So they're like, I'm never going to need that anyway. Yeah. Um, Especially for pacifists. Right. And so it's, it's just interesting to think about. So uh, anyway, I thought about that, but yeah, I, I I love that moment where he's like, Oh, I, I felt this. I got it. Let me tell you why you should do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's so important. And I think that's part of what makes that's what's culture building. Right. When people find success doing things and share it with one another, that builds culture. Yeah. And Tenzin's trying to force it down their throat <laughs> versus letting them experience it and then teach about make it along decisions the way. Right. themselves. Right. And exactly. Exactly. It's finding those moments of impact, right? Oh, you know, you hear a story. This really interests me. Oh, I think I have a story for you then that you might like, right? It's going to be very different than 98 days of this story about a fasting guru. 98 days left. <laughs> um, yeah. What about for you? I, I really loved both of the kind of getaway moments between Kai and Janora. Kainora. Kainora. Janai. No. I I think I like that better, but I think that's not the... The fandom has dictated it. The traditional... Yeah. The the fandom. Um, It is decided. It is decided. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think that the, the moments of teaching that I really love in this episode all involve teaching from a an equals... We are equals standpoint rather than a... 
I am teaching that from power a higher dynamic to lower. Shift, yeah. yeah, and so Kai and Janora are really good at teaching each other, and they teach each other with experience. Yeah. And Kai's like, let's go do this. And then he learns that, oh, wow, Janora, you really are talented yeah. at this. You you saved my butt. You know more. Why aren't you a master? Right? And, like, that is a learning moment. That is a teaching moment. And it's a very humble, right? I'm like, it, It's not that I'm teaching you. Let me tell you why you're a master. It's I don't, I don't understand why you're not a master. And I think that's a really beautiful teaching moment. And the second it happens again. In the second time they get away, I, they learn. They learn together, and they learn by doing. And I think that's a huge blessing. So mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a big fan of learn learning through. That yeah, way. Kai now knows not to go touch wild baby bison. Yep, <laughs> bison's. <laughs> well, that's how kids learn, right? They learn when they they they're they're playing, they're experimenting, they're outside, they fall, they're like, oh, huh, don't jump off. I of shouldn't that. do that. Yeah, right, right. And and you know we we come from a model. Um, our work environment provided a learning model that's like 70% of learning should be on the job, on the job or in direct experience. Yeah. And I think that's what this is, is they're learning from each other through direct experience. And I think it's just really beautiful. So that's a, that's a moment that I loved in terms of teaching. Yeah. I don't know if that's a cop out or not. I'm here for Ken- Kainora. I am too. There's also another moment with Kai where... Tenzin does, Tenzin does a little bit of a, well, at the end, right? When the poacher, mean, mean man. The uh, mean, mean, the mean, 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 mean man. man. <laughs> mean. Ugh. Be baddie. You bad, bad boy. <laughs> bad boy. <laughs> um, when he's like, I give up. And Kai <laughs> smacks him in the head again and then does it another time. Um, and Tenzin comes in and is like, hey, we don't do that. Well, I mean, and great technique. I, and I think it's one of those things where it's not a sandwich, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, he is clearly retaliating out of anger, sure. versus retaliating to subdue and make sure that he is no longer a threat. Yeah, because I probably would have hit him again after he's like, "I give up," because I'm like, uh, "You're an earthbender." <laughs> yeah, and, uh, like, who can hurt still hurt me? Yeah, he still had the capacity to bend, yeah. right? And so it's one of those things where. Uh, it's it's a t- that's a tough call. That said, I, I think visibly it's pretty clear that he's he is reacting out of anger and he is. Um, Tenzin is coming in and says, "Hey, this is not the way for us." And that was that was really good technique. <laughs> and so I, I think that's a a way to kind of mitigate, right? And I, I think we need to. I hate the sandwich, by the way. The little, the, the compliment sandwich. What is sandwich. a sandwich? The little compliment sandwich. The, hey, oh my goodness, it's you did that so well. I need you to stop smacking people with the air. But your technique was really good, right? Like, um, it's we do it a lot out of discomfort when we are coaching or teaching um, because we don't want to make the person feel bad. And so what we do is instead of... I need to cushion the, it's the a bad. Cushion, right? Yeah. Um, and what ends up happening is you end up minimizing all of the feedback that you are giving in that process. So people walk away confused, right? Versus a very much like we don't do this and here's why also your technique here and here. Very good. Keep doing that is very different than like, Oh my goodness, your shoes are amazing. You were late to work today. And so don't do that again, but you just folded that napkin amazingly well. Right. I think what you just gave us too is another really important thing to consider, which is the the word but in the in when it comes to feedback and teaching. It negates everything that came before it. And even though Tenzin I don't think said but, he might have. No, I, I think for him it was we don't do that. That was really good form. And <laughs> and I think that what comes second negates what comes first. Typically. Typically. Yeah. And he wasn't like he didn't say and and like emphasize that and so like when i walk away from that scene i'm like tenzin thought that was dope (laughs) not that tenzin thought kai was in the wrong correct and so what are we walking away with and what do we want the people that we're talking to to walk away with and i think it's really important not to sandwich because one most of the time people do not recall positive uh reinforcement when it is surrounded or embedded between negative reinforcement correct 
or negative or criticism. Right. Uh, people hear the criticism, and that's the only thing they hold on to. Mm-hmm. Which is why like, I'm a big fan of Michael Brandwine. Um, he is yeah. particularly uh, his work is particularly for a camp setting. Right. That said, his leadership uh, curriculum is phenomenal. Uh, and specifically what he talks about is we want a, a 90-10 ratio. Yeah, you should be giving positive feedback at 90% by itself, and 10% of it should be coaching and criticism. Yes. And they should be separate. That's so much. Correct. What that means is we have to be spending more time noticing and observing what they do well. Yep. We see very little of that well, in this you, episode. Well, because if you want them to continue doing what they're supposed to do well, they need to know that they're doing it well. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to react like Boomer reacts to Tenzin when Tenzin says, hey, can I talk to you? I don't want to talk to you. He says, oh, I thought you were going to criticize me. Yep. <laughs> right? And I, I think that... Which isn't the culture you want, that every time I, you step into a space that everyone tenses up thinking that you're going to start criticizing everything they're doing. Well, and I think, and I advise everybody who's listening to think about that in your, in your work. When your boss says, Hey, can I talk to you? Where does your mind go? Gut reaction. Yeah. If your gut reaction is, Oh God, what did I do? What are they going to say? I don't think that's, you know, people, a lot of times, uh, supervisors, teachers, bosses will say, if you have a guilty conscience, then, but, but no, if you've trained me, to feel bad every time you call my name, correct? then I'm going to feel bad when you call my name. Yep. And so it's very much on the leadership's responsibility to cultivate that uh, response. Yep. And so I think any teacher, any person who is responsible for teaching people needs to keep that in mind. This is me saying what you should do because I am the best. Should? What you should do? (laughs) Yeah, because I'm the best. Name that Mario Kart character. I don't know whichever one I'm driving when playing Mario no, Kart. No, it's Toad. <laughs> it's Toad. Yeah, well, I'm the best. Well, not when you're racing with them against me. Uh, I believe I have all the records right now. Yeah, maybe. Every you, single one. Have you checked recently? When's the last time you played? That's a good question. Have you checked recently? I just want everyone to know I have every record. Who's won the most Grand Prix? Every record. I have. Disagree. Disagree. I'm getting in my feelings. Yeah, you uh, are. When you should be learning from me because I'm the better driver. I, you know what? You may be a any other moments that driver. you would like to highlight. Yes, there is a moment that I want to lift up that I found uh, particularly difficult, uh, which is during the montage of breaking down the Airbenders, where Tenzin uh, says, in spe- specifically, he says, "It's not hard if you concentrate." Where they are trying to balance on a twenty-foot pole in the air to not get hit by airbending a feather. Yeah, yeah. Lemurs are everywhere. <laughs> there, and so I think one, it's ableist, uh, and I, I think that the the methods he is using are very ableist. Yeah. Period. Throughout this whole episode, not just this specifically, but it, I, I thought about that when he said specifically, it's not hard if you just concentrate. It's a deficit ideology, right? Yeah. So, right, it's this one of acting that people are coming from this this place of deficits, right? They are either not smart enough, or they can't do it, or and it's that's too hard for them. And um, if you tried hard enough, you can just do it. Exactly. Right. Right. If you you're just lazy, <laughs> do more, do better. Uh, and that's what happens, and I think that's really uh, that's a problem when we expect everybody to be coming at it from one the same body, <laughs> the same ability, the same everything. So I, I I really want us to consider other language there. The other part of that though is we've talked about the book Crucial Accountability quite a bit in our history of the podcast. Uh, yeah, not for a while. It's one of our favorites. It, it's I I still think it's probably more important for me in a work setting than even Brene Brown's work. Mm-hmm. And I'm y'all know <laughs> that that's You've a gone a while without mentioning Brene. Um, Have you heard of her? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things they talk about in, in crucial accountability is making generous assumptions, right? And when we are holding people accountable and we assume that it's a motivation issue, things go wrong. 
because often it's not a motivation issue. If we assume that someone's lazy, what we'll realize it's actually an ability issue where they, they can't do something for some specific reason. And that's why this is rooted in kind of an ableist kind of situation for, for me is that there's an ability issue here or there potentially could be ability issues because they don't know how they haven't learned. Mm -hmm. They don't have the skill set in order to do this yet. And so I think that's, part of the problem with any sort of we have to break them down before we build them up kind of mentality because it really kind of ostracizes quite a quite a few people it does uh it doesn't create the environment when we're breaking them down and the culture of breaking someone down is an environment that is not conducive to learning weirdly enough um and so it, uh, it, sh it shifts that curiosity, and it, that's a, it's a tough place for us to be. And then it gets worse yep. when Boomy is struggling on this cliff. trying. He's the last one up, and Tenzin pulls the typical, uh, you know— Group punishment? Group punishment I hate it. for the sake of one. Yep. Right? I'm Everyone is going to have to go through the obstacle course if you don't finish in the next 30 seconds. Which to, And so, like, this is one of those things where I— uh, I played baseball growing up, and I was always one of the the larger players on the team. And speed was never my uh, was never my forte, right? So, one of the things that we'd have to do as a team is is run triangles. So to the foul pole, across the outfield to the other foul pole, and then back to home plate. But if you didn't do it in eighty seconds, then you had to do it again until you got under eighty seconds. Um, to which my I see thought, problems. which my thought to the coach was always, if I'm not fast enough to do it in 80 the first time, what makes you think I can do it the second time? In what world makes you think I'm going to get that speed the second time? That's not how my body works. That's not how bodies work. Yeah. Right. So like, and I get that it's meant to be like it's a hustle thing, and it's like sometimes sure and legitimately I cannot run fast enough to do that. Yeah. If everyone is trying their best, right? Their the first time then doing that will never work. However, it is embedded in the assumption that you're just not trying. You're just not trying. Right? Anybody can do this. And so, and also group punishments are one of those things for the, for the same cause. Like you have to be individualizing teaching when possible is, is going to be more successful, right? Individualized goals, individualized understandings. Uh, the metaphor that is always, that I've heard uh, the most frequently is you can grade a monkey on how well they can climb a tree but if you continue to try to grade the elephant on how well they climb a tree, you're creating an unrealistic goal yes. and unrealistic expectation. Yeah. And so understanding that people are different and have different skill sets, but punishing the group because one person wasn't able to do it. Um, now that's also being said of like, we're going on group time and we're going to try to set the record on group time. And I need you to help the people in your group is a very different concept than like you're failing your group. So we're all going to do it again. I also think that is a matter of how we set up the original exercise. Yeah, are you going right? through it by yourself? Or are you going yeah. through it as a team? And I, and I think anytime accountability is in order, we need to. You can't surprise people if they don't know what they're being held accountable towards. It's unfair, right? And so we have to set intentions, set goals, set understandings. This is what my expectation is. If we know the expectations, we can say, "Hey, I." I know that my skill set doesn't allow me to do that. Here's why I'm not able. Then all of a sudden we can negotiate again, work towards mutual goals and set mutual purpose. Right. And if we have that, we're going to have a much greater sense of achievement, I think. Yeah. So takeaways. What's, let's wrap up with some takeaways. What are some things that we want to highlight that were important? A uh, collaborative effort, despite where you fall on the teaching hierarchy, is going to be important, right? So, like, mm. input and buy-in yes. and genuine listening yeah. to help create shared a shared pool of learning. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, to me, another word for that is just, again, going back to that humility concept of I am not necessarily better than anyone here, and so I know that I should behave in a way that will allow me to learn just as much as I have the capacity to teach. Yep. Um, so that's, that's something that is requires some inner work, right? Uh, you gave us a kind of a hard skill that, which is to say, communicate and ask questions and learn from each other. Um, and, and learning humility is more like the disposition. Yeah. And learning you will teach and in teaching you will learn. Yeah. Phil Collins. Yeah. Yeah. There's see. We learned both. also that sandwiches aren't ideal. 
Hate them. Well, I mean, I like a good, like, actual sandwich. Yeah, like a BLT? Mm, maybe. I love a BLT. I don't love bacon as my number, my main protein. Oh, oh my gosh. What? Bacon? A BLT? So, like, even on, like, a breakfast sandwich, I prefer a sausage as opposed to a bacon. Bacon's an accessory accessory meat. We're, we're gonna let the patrons vote on that. We're gonna have a, a patron poll there. That's <laughs> like just saying. Uh, bacon or sausage? Um, yeah. Okay. Take don't do sandwiches, right? I think really much living into positive feedback. And this isn't a moment of like, oh, I guess everyone gets a participation trophy. Which sometimes it's like, no, you should also be praising them positively and critiquing them right yeah. like that's that's well, what it means and to me going back to that the 90 percent, 10 percent. i i think that if you aren't able to notice 90 percent, you're not paying attention correct you're not correcting the things or noticing the things that they have done like improved on it's not that they're like doing it perfectly it's hey you're doing that that's better. an improvement yeah that's better than the way you just did it that's that is one of the nine. that is learning one, that is one out of nine that you got right there um, so again, praise and assuming that learning happens on a binary is wrong, right? You don't go from A to B and that's the only learning. There's some learnings that go A to Z or A to three A's and you have to go through the alphabet three times to get there, right? You yep. know, so, and so it's, we're praising kids when they go from A to C, when they go from C to, to L to, it's not only, it's, it's not, it's not only saying, here's the goal, the goal is Z and I'm only going to praise you when you get to Z, right? Like that's not what we're talking about. We just need more compliments and more praise in general in the world. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. You're great at Mario Kart. Thank you. You're welcome. You're getting better. (laughs) 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 Okay, we're getting some some nuance around what is good and what is not. Okay, we're going to move on uh, to a little musical interlude yeah we'll take a little break and then we'll be right back jumping in with our twee and our law talking twee and law what is pushing us away from this episode what is pulling us back in ben what you got bison hunters are the worst bison hunters are the worst like oh there's a uh this is a shameless put down of jimmy johns the the owner of jimmy johns is a trophy hunter and goes on like all kinds of uh, like African safaris and hunts like elephants and like tigers and oh, not, not tigers, but you know, hunts big trophy game. Yep. And uh, it is atrocious. <laughs> and so I, when I learned that uh, among other things that were happening there, I was like, I can't eat there anymore. And this just reminded me of that. I haven't eaten there in years, but it reminded me of that. Me either. It was one of those things where I was just like, ugh, because also it was rooted in, the money of the earth queen being like the earth queen loves to entertain her guests with, you know, rare meats and that, like of an endangered species. Which, but that's not the only reason the dude's wearing the coat of a baby of bison, a baby bison. Yeah. Uh, and of course we are very much, you know, reared to love bison from Appa to now. Yes. But w- it's one of those things where this that's specific br- it, even like you know animal animal cruelty but like like let's talk about animal cruelty in the sense of like eating meat period mm-hmm. but put that aside let's just jump out of there and let's say that eating is eating meat is fine this is one an endangered species two it's also a, a species that is remarkably important 
to an entire culture. Mm-hmm. And so there, there seems to be like a complete lack of boundaries there that just seems, I was, I was clearly put off. That's, I was mine, that's mine as well. <laughs> that and the group punishment, uh, group punishments always bother yeah. me. Yeah, group yeah. punishments for the, that's uh, because one person wasn't able to succeed at something is, is something that's for sure a big push for me. Um, a moment that I love is just the little moment where the bison who doesn't know how to fly yet, the cage opens, and so he just rolls onto his back, and they then <laughs> drops. Flops onto the ground. <laughs> the bison just... F- and, f- <laughs> and that still... like I've seen this episode several times, and every time that I, moment makes me chuckle. I, I laughed particularly hard when I saw it this time. I <laughs> Because it was just came out of nowhere. And dogs do that stuff all the time. I've seen my dog fall off the bed exactly like that before and yep. not catch them. And so it just, it was very funny to yeah, me. Yeah, so I, I agree. I Very I, clever I moment. I love that moment. But it like gracefully falls a little bit. Like yeah, it's not it's because like... it's a bison. <laughs> um, it's just a little floomph. Uh, yeah, the thing that pulled me in this episode was the scenery. Yeah. I... I love the scenery. Air culture just gets all the the love. Being able to get to the tops of mountains and the mm-hmm. just the, the air temple is it's all just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I just one I love the art. I just it reminds me of like I, I had to step out and was like wow like they drew this. They had the imagination to view and perceive this whole world that is just it's so beautiful and. You know, the sunrises and the sunsets and all like all the things. It was just beautiful all episode. I and I was I, I was particularly attuned to that this time and just uh I'm I'm jealous. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Ugh. Okay. It's time for our devotion. Yeah. Which means we are talking about the element of water. We are alongside the lens of teaching. So, with that in mind, what is the intention or goal that you are setting for yourself for this week? Yeah. So weirdly enough, I I've got whitewater rafting on the brain because I'm doing that Ooh. Uh, in a month or two. Um, when are you doing that? And October. why am I not going? It's a it's a me and my partner thing. We're going. What's that a, supposed to mean? You saying I can't go with you? Why? We're, why? We're, we're going on a weekend with each other, and we're going to do whitewater rafting. I just as don't a part understand why I wasn't invited. Because it's just me and my partner. There's going to be other people on that boat, you know. Yeah, but not, not. Y- yes, there's like, absolutely going to be more people on that boat. But you would have to come stay with us in our space, which is fine Why? sometimes. Cause are are you going to pay for your own separate cabin? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Why want a rafting? Yeah. Uh, and so, but that is a moment I, and I've done that a couple times, uh, and it's always enjoyable. Uh, and I've been a, uh, a river guide at camp before, but nothing major. Um, but there's a learn, there's learning that comes from one, you learning from your guide, but two, your guide is learning about you and, and your skills and, um, ways that they need to shift their structures to make it down the river safely. And, um, and so that learning has to take place there. And so for me, I think for me, my goal is the next week, every teaching moment that I have is to make sure I am learning something in that process and, and can name it specifically and say, I learned this tangible thing in this teaching process as I go through this week. So I've got staff meetings and I've got trainings that I lead and I've got things that will be popping up and I want to be able to walk away from each of those identifying something I am taking away from that moment that I'm going to do to, to learn and be better. I mean, and that can be as simple as I, I learned that I need to build in a break into this training. Correct. I learned that I should stand somewhere else because the light in this room is really not conducive to people being able to see me. I learned that the people I'm leading the staff meeting for need a printout of this. Like it can be simple things like that, that help me improve as, as a coach, as a, as a mentor, teacher whatever it might be so that's my goal this week yeah be I love the that. be the raft guide be be the be the leaf be, be the, the raft be the raft guide yeah except not leaf because that's airbending we're talking about water okay uh for me i it's it seems too easy to use this but i'm going to i i think one of the things that water does really well 
is it is its capacity to change its shape and its uh, the way that it moves and functions based off what it is based off its environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really helpful when you are teaching. Yeah. I think it's really helpful to pay attention to what's going on, kind of mold yourself to that and then be effective in that way. And so I, I think it, for me, the things that's coming to mind here is, is listening mm-hmm. and really paying attention to anytime I enter a space that I am teaching is to, before I even get started is to just look around, observe, listen. What are the things that I can notice and see how can I adapt to this environment the best way that I can. Yeah. Um, and I think that water does that really well. So that's, that's what I'm going to channel as I go into this week. It's my last week at work. And I think there's going to be a few options or opportunities rather for me to do that. I'm teaching a new group of people on Tuesday night, for instance. Yeah. So that'll be my first opportunity. Fantastic. Gratitude. Mm. I love gratitude. Love it. I just did a mini episode on our Patreon all about like things, 20 things that I love or am grateful for. Ooh, I should listen to that. No, I haven't heard it yet. No. Well, (laughs) it's on our Patreon. Great. Um, Who are you grateful for? Oh man. Pema? I'm choosing Pema. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just an easy choice. Like (laughs) it's like, who's not grateful for Pema after watching this episode? Yeah. And I don't know his name, but the the guy who shaved his head and learned and felt yeah. and felt connection. I'm grateful that he felt those things. Yeah. And feels a part of it. Um. And Boomy. Oh, I'm I'm thankful for Boomy. Uh, at the end, talking about his vulnerability and talking about connection and and wanting he never felt a part of the Air Nation. Um. Even though I was Aang's even son. though he was Aang's son, he never really felt a part of the Air Nation, and and now we're creating moments where he does, and it takes vulnerability to lift that thing up to your brother. To your family member. Yeah. And he um, had that moment with Kaya uh, in a previous he previous did. episode. Yeah. But he hasn't had it with Tenzin yet. No. And so, Boomy, Pema, shaved head dude. Yeah. And Pema for obvious reasons. Pema, I just, it, her ability to add perspective to Tenzin, who can be an immovable force sometimes, is really nice. I um, think. And I think that she was vulnerable in me being able to say, like, I'm an outsider too. And it took me a while to get used to this, but I love it. But like, can we, can we pump the brakes? And then he tries to mansplain a little bit and she puts on the face mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, Oh, nope, my bad. Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, there have been times where I've questioned their relationship and wondered like, what, what does she see in him that Ben? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of things he does beautifully. I'm not saying he's not worth loving. I'm not yeah. saying he's not lovable. I'm saying like, but what in particular does she see? Mm-hmm. Does she value? And it's clear from this scene that she has had these vulnerable interactions with him before. Yeah. And I I love that. Because I think that part of the thing that has made Tenzin adaptable over the past couple of seasons is clearly from... <laughs> from Pima, right? So I, I'm also grateful for Pima. But I will choose Kai for, I, I mean, I said it a few times this episode of just the Kai Janora uh, relationship. Kai Janora is great. It's beautiful. Um, but also, I really love just, he is very, he's very like complimentary of Janora. He, he sees potential in her. He, lifts her up and he, like he is the wind beneath her wings in a way, so to speak, airbending. It's what an airbending metaphor, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I regret it. Josh Groban airbender. Uh, I, I, I do think that, but I don't think it quite as cliche as it sounded. Um, but yeah, I, I do love Kai and Kai has definitely grown on me from the moment where he was on the struggle bus to now. So I'm, I'm a fan. I can't believe you just referenced Bette Midler. Which brings us to the end. BNB underscore pod. All the socials. You can find us everywhere. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can even Google us and we come up. Bending, not breaking. Uh, it comes up, shockingly. Uh, so you can check us out wherever. It'll it'll lead you to all the things. I probably would love to mention, in case you haven't heard, that we have a Patreon 
Patreon. Is Live episodes, mini episodes. Super cool. Yeah, we would love to get to the point uh, where we could pay our producer a living wage for the, the you know couple of hours that he spends every week. Um, we're not there yet, but we'd love to get there. So that's our kind of our goal right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, uh, there are cool things that you can access, live episodes that you can join, and there's also other great tiers that you should check out. Uh, if that is not possible, because finances are tight sometimes, I get it, you can always give us a lovely review on all the things. You can. On all the things. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, this has been fantastic. Another episode wrapped up. Uh, y'all, we got a few more in season three, and then season four is going to be right around the corner. Right around so the corner. Get ready also, for it. Also, Dragon Prince was announced for November. What a time. Season four coming back at you. We got to rewatch it. Super exciting. Oh, so good. Yeah, very exciting. All right, y'all. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>